This is the Southern Hills Church of God, and this is our podcast. We want to thank you for joining us today. We hope this inspires you and guides you and builds your faith. God bless and enjoy this message. I believe that we're in a time where we, and this is my prayer today, that we're in a time where we need two things, where we need to be more unified as a church, and we need, we need to be more passionate about the things of God. And that's what I want to uh, focus on today. I want to preach a message that is simply called, and then some. Because we serve a God that goes beyond what we ever think or imagine. He's an and then some type of God. Ecclesiastes chapter 9, you don't have to go there. We're going to go to another passage in just a minute. As a matter of fact, if you want to go ahead and turn in your Bibles to Genesis chapter 24, that's where we're going to spend a lot of our time today. But I just want to briefly mention Ecclesiastes chapter 9 because it's kind of a theme of this entire service to today. And here's what it says. Whatever your hand finds to do, do it with all your might. Whatever your hand finds to do, to do it with all. Well, what, what that verse is saying is it's saying don't just do it. Don't just get by. Don't just be average. Don't just be mediocre, but rather do it with all of you. It's, it's the opposite of just getting by. It's the opposite of just doing what's required of me. It's the opposite of doing what the job description says and says that I'm done after that, whether it be as a Christian, at my job, a husband, a dad, whatever the role might, might, might be. The Bible says that whatever we put our hand to do, we do it with all of our might. Would you help me pray as we kind of unpack this thought that we can be a better Christians and we can become a, a better church. God, I praise you for all you've done. And I ask you, God, to anoint this service, this sermon, God. Lord, you know better than anybody else in this room that I cannot do this by myself. But rather, God, I need the Holy Spirit working through me to deliver this. I pray, God, right now that you do with me what you did with Moses when you said, I'll be your mouth as you speak. God, open up our ears to hear. Open up our minds to know and our eyes to see the truth of your word today. Don't let us just get by. But let us be and then some Christians that we go the extra mile to see your kingdom come here on earth. God, we praise you and we thank you. We ask all this in your name. And everybody said, amen and amen. So, 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 so Genesis chapter 24, we're going to dive into that in just a moment. But, but I, I truly believe that one of the greatest things that we that happens to us one of the greatest things when the fire of god begins to burn in our heart that we become a passionate people that we become a unified people that who that that we do for god with all of our might whatever we put our hand to we do it with all of our might you see during this this uh this this uh, revival that we're about to have i prayed for three things i prayed that we we would become more uh, purposeful that we would become more persistent and that we would become more passionate about God and his church. That we would have more purpose, that we would be more persistent and have more passion. Why? Because he said, whatever you put your hand to, do it with all of your might. Passion, that's passion. It exudes passion. It's doing something not just because you feel obligated to or, or that, that, that you have to, but you do it with all 
of your might. So I want to give you three words today that we kind of want to unpack. And these three words are, and then some. Would you say that with me? Say, and then some. Don't just do what's expected. But do what's expected and then some. Don't just do what you're supposed to do. But do what you're supposed to do and then some. And I want to introduce you to an and then some type person. Her name is found in this 24th chapter of, of this is an amazing story. And just to kind of give you a, just a little bit of a context. In the Bible days, what happened was Abraham was wanting to find a bride for his son Isaac. And now in the Bible days, if you know, when a, a couple was to be married, they didn't find each other by online dating or going to the mall or as the saying at Lee University goes, a ring by spring. Okay, that's not what they did. I know some of y'all have heard that. They didn't do some in the newspaper ad, but rather the parents picked the bride for their children. Now, as a dad of three, I'm all for, you know, bringing that back, you know, how much I would love to pick who my kids marry. But that was the custom of this day, that, that the dad chose the, the spouse for their son. So here's what the scripture says. Here's how kind of we dive into Genesis chapter 24, starting in verse number one. Now, Abraham was old, well advanced in age, and the Lord had blessed Abraham in all things. So Abraham said to the oldest servant of his house who ruled over all that he had, please put your hand under my thigh. It's his servant. Please put your hand under, 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 under my thigh, and I will make you swear by the Lord, the God of heaven, the God of earth, that you will not take a wife for my son from the daughters of the Canaanites among whom I dwell, but you shall go to my country and to my family because he did not... He, he, he did not see himself as a part of where he was, but he saw himself somewhere else. So he said, I want you to go to the where to, to where my people are, and I want you to take a wife for my son Isaac. And the servant said to him, perhaps the woman will not be willing to go with me to this land. Must I take your son back to the land from which you came? But Abraham said to him, beware that you do not take my son back there. The Lord God of heaven who took me from my father's house and from the land of which I speak of and who spoke to me and swore to me saying to your descendants I give this land he will send his angel before you and you shall take a wife for my son there talk about crazy faith that I know what God spoke to me I know what the angel said and I know where I live and I know the people in which I associate with now. But let me just tell you something. I know what God spoke and I'm going to continue to believe what he spoke. So I need you to go and I need you to do this for me because I know God's going to come through. So what happens here is. Verse number 10, it says, then the servant took 10 of his master's camels and departed. For all his master's goods were in his hand, all. His master's goods were in his hand. Abraham was a very rich man. And he arose and went to Mesopotamia, to the city of Nahor. And he made his camels kneel down outside the city by well of water at evening time, the time when the women go out to draw water. Then he said, O Lord God of my master Abraham, please give me success this day and show kindness to my master Abraham. I want you to notice he didn't take any of the credit for himself. He did not say, God, come 
do this for me. He said, do this for my master Abraham. Behold, here I stand by the well of water, and the daughters of the men of the city are coming out to draw water. Now let it be that the young woman to whom I say, please let down your pitcher that I may drink. And she says, drink. But then there was another caveat to to this. He, He said, and I will also give your camels a drink. Let her be the one you have appointed for your servant Isaac. And by this I will know that you have shown kindness to him. So Abraham trusted his closest friend, Eleazar, his servant. He said, I want you to go out and I want you to find the right woman for my son Isaac to marry. And the scripture said that he goes to a place 600 miles away from where he's at. And he gets frustrated. He bows down in prayer and says, oh God, I need success. In this mission, bless Abraham, you've spoken to him, now work through me to see this come. So here's what I need for you to do. I'm putting a fleece out before you, and I'm asking you to send the right woman that Isaac should marry, and I'll know that she's the right one if she does two things. When she comes to this well and gives me water, but see, Lord, I've got ten camels, and I need to know beyond a shadow of a doubt that this is the right person. So, Lord, let her give my camels drink as well so he knows a bunch of women's gonna be coming to the well and he prays this and and he brings this fleece out to God and 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 here's what happens he wants somebody to come that doesn't just do what's expected but they do what's expected and then some that they go the extra mile and that's how they will know now 10 camels here let's talk about this 10 camels they are nasty things 40 gallons of water per camel they can hold. 10 camels, 400 gallons of water. But she won't just offer me water. She'll offer the camels water too. That, by the way, is also load-loaded down with gold, silver, and jewelry, which she doesn't know yet. So Abraham, one of the richest men in the Bible, said, go take these 10 camels, go get this wife for my son. So here's how quick, I want you to watch how fast God answers prayers. Because the very next verse, it says, and it happened before he had finished speaking. Before he had finished praying, she came out with a jar on her shoulder. She was the daughter of, 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 of Bethuel, son of, 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 of Milcah, who was the wife of Abraham's brother Nahor. It's what this says. And she walks out, and the Bible says that the woman was very beautiful. No man had ever slept with her. She went down to the spring, filled her jar, and came up again. So here she is. And I love the wording of the King James. It says she was very fair to look upon. The Hebrew actually says that she was a righteous babe. She was a beautiful girl. And she comes out and she's a knockout and she's, and she's really good looking. And she walks through the well and all these other women are walking up here and sees this stranger by, by the well. And they're thinking in their head, you can get your own water. I don't know who you are. But this one girl walks up and she says, let me give you some water. And by the way, let me water your camels too. And I could just imagine Eleazar at this point, and he's thinking, are you kidding me? 
worked. I mean, she's really there. She did it. And he's sitting there probably in shock over how fast God answered the question. Because we don't just serve a God who does what is required. He does and then some. (laughs) This girl is living out the verse, going to do it with all her might, whatever she puts her hands to. Now, what you remember, 40 gallons of water each, right? 10 camels, 400 gallons of water. And they didn't have a water faucet you could just turn off. They had a well in which you would stick a bucket inside the well and you'd roll it down, pick the water, roll it back up. 10 camels, you realize the arms on this girl? I mean, she's buff. I mean, come on now, let's just be honest. And she's in good shape, 400 gallons. And I want want you to think about this. She did not know in doing this uncommon and then some act of kindness that it was a moment of purpose for her. She went down. And by the way, camels, did did I I mention they're nasty and they bite. I had one tried to actually bite me once. I was wearing a, 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 a Tennessee Vols jacket. And no, it's not why it tried to bite me. I was wearing it, and I stuck my hand out to try and pet it, and they don't like that. So he snapped at me, and I needless to say, I don't like camels. But camels are not good. But she didn't realize that this was an act of purpose for her. She didn't know that what she was about to put her hand to and do it with all her might, with this passion unto the Lord, that there was gold, that there was jewelry, that there was an amazing treasure, that there was a husband on the other side of this act of obedience. It was just a normal day for her. But because she did and, and then some type deal for God, he said, not only am I going to hook you up with a rich, good-looking, powerful man named Isaac, but I'm going to make you a lineage of the Messiah who is now in the bloodlines of Jesus Christ. Why? Why did he pick her? Because she's an and then some type person. Do you realize that when we serve a God who does and and then some things for us, that means in return we have to do and then some type things for him. You don't just serve casually. You don't just work because that's what the job description says. But you say, I'm going to do this and then some because I'm ready for my house to be blessed. I'm ready for my home to be blessed. I'm ready for my job to be blessed. I'm ready for my church to be blessed. And in order to get there, Miss Paula, we've got to be and then some Christians. Don't just serve casually. And now she is a great, 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 great grandmother of Jesus Christ. All because she said, I'm going to go the extra mile and feed your camels too. And it got me to dreaming. And it got me to just thinking, what about us? What would happen if our churches became and then some churches? What would happen if our people became and then some employees? Let's just, what about your job? What, what if you were an and then some person, you went to work tomorrow and you just didn't do what you're supposed to just because that's what the job says, but you said, I'm going to do a little bit more. Jesus called that the extra mile. He said, he called it the extra mile. Do you you remember the story where Jesus said, if someone asked you to go a mile to carry their bag and to go two? Okay, he's trying, he's he's actually referencing the Roman law here. And in Matthew chapter 5, go ahead and put this passage up. It says, if anyone forces you to go one mile, go with them two. 
Because Jesus, there was, there was, there was a law in that day that, that, that said if a Roman soldier had his pack, and it was heavy, of course, and he didn't want to carry it, and he saw a Jew, that he could say to, to the Jew, you carry my pack, and by the law, he had to carry it for one mile. But watch Jesus, because Jesus said if he asked you, and now they weren't thrilled about the, the law anyway, you have to understand this. But because that's what the law said, they were going to abide by the laws of the land. Jesus said, look, I, if, he, if he's carrying his pack and he says, if he looks down at you and says, carry it for me. He says, let's just don't do what we find our hand to and just do that because it's required. But he said, put your hand, whatever you put your hand to, do it with all your might. And Jesus said, if he asks you to take it one mile, take it two. Do it as though you're doing it for me. And I thought about that, and, and I, I just wonder in our jobs that if, you, if you're in lawn care or if you're a painter and, you, and somebody contracts you out to paint a house and you go and you paint the house and you notice out in the backyard they've got a shed out there that looks really bad. And you know what you do? You just go out there and you do and then some and you, you paint the shed for them because it looks bad. And, then, and then, then you don't charge them for it. And guess what happens the next time that owner is in a conversation where they need a painter? Guess whose name comes up? The person who went and then some. We have to be that type of Christian to go the extra mile. The staff here has been working on this little card. I want you to put this passage up. Because we've, we've been working on this card. It says something extra to show you God loves you. And what the purpose of this card is, is it's whenever you're at a restaurant, and I know it's real small and you can't see it real good, but here's what it says. Nobody's perfect, everyone's important, and anything's possible. And it has the service times for our church, it has the address, it has the website, and it's just something extra to show them God loves them. And I just had this thought, what if we were an and then some church? And we went to the restaurant and we saw a couple sitting over there with the Lord impressed upon us to buy their meal. Or, or if we just felt like the server's been so good, we want to leave an extra tip. Or we're through the drive-thru and we want to pay for the car behind us that we can give them a card that says, you know what? I don't want anything else in return, just something extra to show you God loves you. If we can be and and then some type church. And there's cards out into the lobby this morning, take five, take ten. Put them in your wallet, your purse. But have you ever been to a restaurant or a store where you almost had to beg somebody to come wait on you? Did you go back? I, 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 I want people to go the extra mile. I want people to go a little bit more than what's required, required of them. And I want to challenge us to be that type of church to, to not just do what's required, but to do and then some. I even thought about marriages. What would happen if we became and then some in, 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 our, in, in, in our marriage where we did more than what was expected to do? That? I heard this guy say once, well, I told my wife I loved her when we got married. I told her if anything changed and I'd let her, that I'd let her you know, know. And he's not really an and then some type person. When's the last time you did something that wasn't expected? And I'm not talking about just flowers because it's a, it's a Valentine's Day. Men, let, let me talk to you for just a minute. What happens if we would be and then some husbands where every once in a while we did the laundry and we did the dishes and we cooked the meal and all the ladies out there should be saying, 
Okay, well, that wasn't as good as what I th- thought it thought it'd be. So let me talk to the men for just a minute. What if the basketball playoffs are on, right? And, and the pregame snacks, you're waiting on those to get ready, right? What if we became and then some people in our marriage? Where, where we went the extra mile. Where we did something that's out of the norm. But it, it's planting that seed of love in our relationships. That, that it, when we become and then some type people, God turns around and he blesses that. And I want to challenge you with another one. What if we became and then and, and, and then some church? What if our faith was and then some? What if our worship was and then some? What if the attention to the word was and then some? Where our service with, with the church, where we served in ministries, what if that became and then some, to be an and then some worshiper? You see, to be a true worshiper, they realize that music isn't just a, a filler to get to with the preaching. That it's literally God gets something out of, because I promise you this, he's not up in heaven saying, Gabriel, man, that preacher, <laughs> I never saw that. That was, that was a great point that he just made. He's, he's not saying that. He wrote the book. But the one thing that he does get out of our service is our worship to him. And what if we became and then some worshipers? Where we gave God everything that we had plus more. Let me tell you a story. You know Paul and Silas. They got a hold of this concept. They had been beaten. They had been flogged. They had been tossed into jail. I love the story because the scripture said when they were put in jail that they were chained together. Do you realize that when that that... The the mistake wasn't made that they were put in jail. The mistake was never anything that they persecuted them. The mistake was they put them together in the same cell. (laughs) Because he had already said in Matthew 18, for where two or three are in my name, there I am with them. So, you know, then the Bible says in Acts chapter 16 that about midnight, they sang praises. They were together with each other, and they decided at that moment that I'm going to give an and then some type praise. That I'm not going to say, woe is me, that I'm not going to say I can't believe, but I'm going to say in my situation that I'm in right now, I'm going to give an and then some type praise. And what happens is, read the scriptures, it said that everybody around them were loose. That all the prisoners were loose. Why? Because of their and then some praise. Do you realize that when saints get loose and praise, the prisoners start to get loose. That the people who are around you that might be bound with chains, with bondage. Listen, there's something about a church that truly praises God and then some. And I want us to be that type of church. Where I want to see God move into this house in such a way. Where we have this and then some type praise. And then God turns around and blesses us because of the faith that we have. Listen, when a church comes together and they're unified, when they've been arguing and fighting through stuff and they've maybe even you with your spouse, you had an argument before you came. Maybe you just something happened that morning. You just didn't want to drive to church. What if in those moments we said, you know what, forget all this stuff. I'm going to start praising God right now.
and I'm going to have an and then some type praise. And in that moment, the Holy Spirit begins to move in us in such a way because we've opened up our heart to do something that maybe we're not used to. Maybe, 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 just maybe it's out of the norm. But we said in this moment, I'm going to give an and then some type praise and I'm going to watch what God can do in my life. Parents, let me, let me, let me do you want your children? I long for the day. And I'm going to speak my heart today. I long for the day to see my three children up in this altar raising their hands up high to heaven. Joe, you know how that happens? When I model it for them. When I give an and then some type praise, I'm teaching my children. And then they do it. Grandparents, you want to see your children up in this altar? Parents, you want to see your children at this altar? We have to model praise for them. We have to be and then some. There's a music artist. We've all probably heard of them. Even um, Stephen Curtis Chapman. He, he, um, there was a tragedy that took place in his life. One of his sons was accidentally ran over long, long ago. But what was amazing, if you saw the funeral, they were singing the song that he wrote, or actually, sorry, that Matt Redman wrote. And it says, he gives and takes away. He gives and takes away. My heart will choose to say, blessed be your name. And they're singing this song at a funeral for Stephen Curtis Chapman's you know, child who just tragically died. And in this service where they're singing, he gives and takes away. His hands are raised high to heaven. And he's praising God. In that season, did he want to? Maybe not. But he said, my God deserves an and then some type praise. Where he deserves the glory through. That I'm not just going to praise him up on the mountaintops. But I'm going to praise him low in the valleys. And I'm going to say, blessed be the name of the Lord. And then some type praise. Can I have some music just softly playing? I'm going to close with this thought. God requires of us to be and then some. But as you know that we serve an and then some type God too. He doesn't just barely meet your needs. He doesn't just barely forgive your sins. He doesn't just barely, you know, kind of, well, I said I would, so. No, he's an and then sometimes. He went to the cross. He died. And that would have been enough, but he rose again. And how do we know that he's the one, the one true God? How do we know that he is the and then some God, the God that we serve? I want to take you to a passage. Numbers chapter 17. And it talks about how that God said to all the tribes of Israel to get a rod, cut a stick down, a dead stick, bring it to the holy place, lay it on the Ark of the Covenant. Even though that stick is dead and disconnected from the dirt, lay it on the altar and come back to it. This is what it says. Numbers chapter 17. And the Lord spoke to Moses saying, speak to the children of Israel and get them 
get from them a rod from each father's house. All their leaders according to their father's houses, 12 rods. Write each man's name on the rod, and you shall write Aaron's name on the rod of Levi. For thou shalt be one rod for the head of each father's house. Then you shall place them in the tabernacle of meeting before the testimony where I meet with you. And it shall be the rod of the man whom I choose will blossom. Thus I will rid myself of the complaints of the children of Israel, which they make against you. So Moses spoke to the children of Israel. And each of their leaders gave them a rod apiece for each leader according to their house. Twelve rods and the rod of Aaron was among the rods. And verse 7 says, and Moses place the rods before the Lord in the tabernacle of witness verse number 8 now it came to pass on the next day that Moses went into the tabernacle and blossoms he looked at the rod of Aaron this stick that was dead was disconnected from its source of life and it said and the rod began to blossom with ripe almonds Then Moses brought out all the rods before the Lord of the children of Israel. And they looked, and each man took his rod. And the Lord said to Moses, Bring Aaron's rod back before the testimony to be kept as a sign that he is the true living God. Because what was once dead has now come to life because a supernatural miracle has took place. Now let's fast forward to today. And I watch, I want you to see how this parallels. God says, you want to know all these religions in the world, that which one is true? They all claim to be the one. He said, Buddha, Muhammad, Krishna. He said, cut them down. Cut Jesus Christ down too. Let him die. And the one that comes back is the one true living God. You want to know why we serve an invincible God? Because he did invent some type miracle where once what was dead has now come back to life so I'm telling you this morning a crazy type of faith to believe that God can take what was once dead and he can bring life back in but the woman who became the wife of Isaac God chose her and did supernatural things through that. Why? Because she was an and then some person. When we become and then some Christians, God will turn around and do and then some miracles. With all eyes closed, all heads back. You say, Pastor, I came into this place today needing a miracle from God. I want to pray over, 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 over you right where you are. The Bible says he will do exceedingly abundantly above all that you can ask or imagine according to the power that works in you. And I want to pray over you right now that whatever it is in your life that you're saying, I need God to turn around. I need him to bring life to once what was dead. I need him to restore the promise. I need a miracle in my life. I need a miracle. I need this and then some God to work a miracle in my life. What he's telling you today, if the Lord is speaking to you, that he's saying he needs an and then some type Christian who will go the extra mile and do something for him. 
Will you surrender to everything to him right where you are today? Whatever you're dealing with, whatever life has thrown at you, would you say that I want to be an and then some Christian? I want to pray over you. I want to pray that God does a mighty work in your life. God, I pray right now, Jesus, that anybody under the sound of my voice this morning that might be here that says, I need that miracle. I need a miracle from God in my situation. I need my dead stick to blossom with ripe almonds. I need the supernatural in my life. God, I pray that you release angels over their situation. Only you know what it is. Whether it be at home or at job through sickness and they need a healing inside their body. Lord, I pray right now that you begin to bless beyond measure the situation in their life and that we can look back on this a week from now, two weeks, a year and say, my God did a miracle because he's an and then some type God for this and then some type Christian who's willing to go the extra mile. I'm not just going to carry it one, but I'm going to go two miles for my God.